When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Uh, I hope... Hope you all had a great weekend, but no matter what kind you had, you didn't have as much fun as President Biden, who wrapped up his tour of Ireland. It was everything he dreamed it would be. He met with relatives, he toured some castles, he got to visit the Malarkey factory. (laughs) Throughout the trip, He delivered a bunch of speeches, obviously, including this one in Dublin, where he ended with these inspiring words. There's nothing our nations can't achieve if we do it together. I really mean it. So thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go lick the world. Let's get it done. Yeah, baby. Lick the world. Lick the world. Lick the world. Oh, God. I have no idea what the hell that means. But if anybody can do it, it's Joe Biden. (laughs) Then, Biden was off to his ancestral home of County Mayo, where he gave uh, one hell of an entrance. Please welcome a son of Balaná and the 46th president of the United States, Joe Biden. Wow! (laughs) It's Joe Biden's first ever WWE entrance. (laughs) Oh, you know, you know what that music means. It's the Scranton Scrambler coming in hot on the Acela Payne train, and he's got a ticket for the riot car. Woo! Woo! (laughs) Now. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) After that intro, for some reason, Biden started his speech like this. Hello! Mary! I see the light! No! (laughs) Oh, no! Oh, no, no! (laughs) There are three things you never say at your age, sir. (laughs) I see the light. (laughs) That can wait until tomorrow. And I'll drive. Biden also, Biden also reminisced about his ancestors who never dreamed this day would come. I doubt he ever imagined that his great, great, great grandson would return 200 years later as president of the United States of America. Wow, I'm, I'm sure he'd think that was cool. But someone born 200 years ago might find other things more impressive. Says preserve us, me great, great, great grandson as president, that's fine. But now tell me more about this typewriter in your pocket that plays pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Back stateside, we're all excited because today was supposed to be the first day of Dominion's defamation trial against Fox News. But early this morning, when I was all set with a breakfast of popcorn and champagne, I learned that the Dominion versus Fox trial was delayed. No. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. You cannot take this away from me. This is my Super Bowl. 
I wanted to see the courtroom sketch of Rupert Murdoch. So, because of this, we had to make our own. <laughs> here's, here's a little behind-the-scenes info. To make that sketch, we just traced a scrotum and drew glasses on it. <laughs> but... But it looks like the trial might not just be delayed. There's a chance it might not happen at all because apparently Fox News is looking for a possible way to settle the case. Settle? Dominion, join me over at the brunch cam. Girl, do not settle. You are worth more. You, no, no. No, I won't hear it. You are worth more than that. Approximately $1.5 in damages. He lied to you. He said you cheated, but you never did. And if you don't make him grovel, he's just going to pull this with another innocent young voting company. <laughs> Can I try your waffle? <laughs> That's a mimosa, man. There's more trouble for Supreme Court justice and man being told he might face consequences, Clarence Thomas. <laughs> We'd already learned that Thomas accepted lavish gifts and trips on the yacht and private jet of billionaire and Gordon Ramsay dredged from a lake, Harlan Crow. <laughs> Crow is an arch conservative, is known for his assorted Nazi memorabilia and garden full of statues of the 20th century worst despots. It's so impressive that they put him on the cover of Hitler, Holmes, and Goebbels. <laughs> now, Thomas claims, Justice Thomas claims that he did not have to report all these gifts because he and Crow are such close buds. But this must be one hell of a friendship because on Thursday, we learned that back in 2014, Harlan Crow bought property from Clarence Thomas, including the house where Thomas's elderly mother was living. That might give him a little influence. No, Clarence... You vote however your conscience dictates, but remember, I am your mother's landlord. <laughs> oh, mom's power just went out. Oh, now it's back on. Seriously, vote however you want. Oh, mommy's in the dark again. <laughs> Hope she can find the fridge. Isn't that where she keeps her insulin? <laughs> now, yeah, he's the villain in this story. Now, not only did Crow buy the house, but let Thomas's mother continue to live there, made renovations, including a carport, a repaired roof, and a new fence and gates, and she lives rent-free. Say what you will, Clarence Thomas has one Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, chocolate-covered strawberries again. That's nice. I hear Mrs. Thomas's son betrayed the justice system to get her a carport. <laughs> now, Crow claims there's nothing corrupt about this, saying... My intention is to one day create a public museum at the Thomas home. Just a reminder, Harlan Crow has Hitler's napkins and a statue of Stalin in his garden, so building you a museum, not a huge compliment. <laughs> now, technically, technically, folks, there's, uh, there's what this thing, there's a federal law that requires justices to disclose the details of real estate sales over $1,000, but Thomas never disclosed this sale. However, now that everybody knows about it, Clarence Thomas says he will amend his financial disclosure forms to reflect the sale. What? You don't get to just make good after you've been caught? All right, all right, you caught me. I stabbed him. But watch as I take the knife out of his chest 
put it back in the drawer, okay? <laughs> now give me those stabbing disclosure forms. Hold on. Stab. Stab. Stabity stab. <laughs> Yesterday, Crow did an interview and gave his side of the story, telling the reporter, I have to set the record straight, adding, but before I do, I must tell you, I also bought your mother's house. <laughs> flick, flick, flick. Crow explained how the two pals met. Crow was in D.C. Uh, back in the day, where he got word from some executive pals of his that Thomas needed to go to Texas for a speaking engagement, so he offered him a ride on his private jet. And, as Crow explained, during that flight, we found out we were kind of simpatico. We're the same age. We grew up in the same era. We come from absolutely polar opposite so- life stories, <laughs> but we had a lot in common. It's a heartwarming American story. Even though two people might have totally opposite backgrounds, they can still come together in the sky to enjoy honey roast peanuts on Himmler's snack tray. (laughs) When the reporter asked, did he ever consider his friendship with Thomas as a ticket to quid pro quo, Crow said, every single relationship, a baby's relationship to his mom, has some kind of reciprocity. No, no, no. He's right. It's just like a baby. Clarence Thomas is sucking on his money tea. (laughs) This weekend... (laughs) This weekend, the NRA hosted their annual convention in Indianapolis. One of the speakers was South Dakota governor and Yellowstone extra distracted by two horses having sex... Christy Nome. Nome wanted to assure the audience that it is never too early to get your kids excited about packing heat. Did you know that I'm also a grandmother? Not just once, but twice. Have two beautiful grandchildren. Little Miss Addie, who is almost two, and Branch, who's just a few months old. They have brought us so much joy. Now, Addie, who, you know, soon will need them, I want to reassure you, she already has a shotgun and she already has a rifle. A toddler with a shotgun and a rifle. That's the really terrible twos. (laughs) Up next, Laura Benanti. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You know, ever since leaving the White House two years ago, we've heard very little from former First Lady Melania, but lately her name's been back in the news, though mostly just her name, because she was notably absent from both her husband's arraignment in New York as well as from his speech that night at Mar-a-Lago. And reports say that Melania has been so reluctant to re-enter public life that the former president had to beg her to be seen in public with him. (laughs) You know it's serious. Usually, he only begs for 11,000 more votes in Georgia. But (laughs) on Easter Sunday, she did finally make an appearance with the ex-president having a very public brunch with him 
at Mar-a-Lago. It's an Easter miracle. The marriage has risen, or the check has cleared. As you can see, as you can see, <laughs> their table was roped off, but it's unclear if that was to keep people away or to prevent her from fleeing. Now, there are conflicting reports out there about how supportive Melania intends to be toward her husband during his legal fights and re-election campaign. One insider claims Melania is not now or hasn't recently taken part in her husband's political events. It's not comfortable for her. Meanwhile, another source says they had a major talk and she has agreed to be on board. Now, it seems contradictory unless they mean on board a plane back to Slovenia. <laughs> so... Here's the thing. Will Melania be standing by her husband, and will she start appearing in public again? Here to tell us, in public, live from Mar-a-Lago, is the former First Lady. Thank you so much. It's great to see you again, Madam First Lady. How have you been the last two years? Oh, I have never been best better, Stephen. <laughs> you can see how happy I am from the smile on my face. Okay, so, uh, you've been enjoying life outside the White House? Absolutely. It is so good to get away from Washington and get back to normal life, spending time with my family, enjoying roped-off brunches at my live-in golf prison, <laughs> and disposing of top-secret documents. <laughs> that looks... Mm, that looks, uh, looks fibrous. Mm. You can really taste the national security. Now, now ma Madam First Lady, I know the topic may be just a little sensitive, but I have to ask you about your husband's arrest. Oh, Stephen, I just hate hearing that word. Arrest? No, husband. Oh. Well, okay, well, all right. But to the... To the... To that point, some people think that you were not appearing in New York during your husband's arraignment, that that was a sign that you don't support him in his legal fight. Lies, Stephen. Why would I want to be around all those glamorous New Yorkers when I can be down here watching retired orthodontists play pickleball? Well, okay, but then why didn't you attend the event he had right down there at Mar-a-Lago? I was there, Stephen. But nobody saw me because, during his speech, I happened to be in the bathroom. But... You were using the bathroom for the entirety of his 30-minute speech? What? If he can spend half an hour spewing crap, then so can I. Up top! <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this case must be difficult for you, uh, Madam First Lady, since it involves your husband's affair with Stormy Daniels. Mm. How do you feel about her? Honestly, I feel bad for that woman, Stormy Daniels. I know what she has been through. <laughs> Worst 90 seconds of your life. <sighs> but still, but still, having your husband get arrested must have been pretty stressful for you. Oh, so stressful. To stay calm, I have had to practice mindful breathing exercises. Inhale, exhale. <laughs> Madam First Lady, <laughs> re 
reading, be <laughs> reading between the lines here, I get the impression that you are not supporting your husband through his legal issues and re-election campaigns. What? No, Stephen. No, what? And furthermore, what? No! Wait, so, so we can expect you to see you out campaigning for him during this election cycle? Oh, absolutely. We will be going to all the battleground states. When he goes to Iowa, I go to New Hampshire. When he goes to New Hampshire, I go to Pennsylvania. And if he goes to jail? I go to Vegas, baby. <laughs> Come on! Mama needs a new pair of stilettos! The former first lady, everybody. We'll be right back with Josh Groban. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. guest this evening is a Tony and Grammy-nominated singer and actor who sold over 30 million records worldwide. Now he's back on Broadway as the demon barber of Fleet Street in Sweeney Todd. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Josh Groban. Hey. Hello. Nice to see you again. Good to see you. Thank you so much for nice having me. Nice to see you again. Great to see you. Uh, uh, have not sat to talk with you in person in, in, in a minute or two. Yes. So I haven't had a chance to thank you uh, publicly. For last year, you and Sarah Bareilles uh, did uh, a song in celebration of the 50th anniversary of my Ben & Jerry's yes. uh, charity ice cream. And what a song. Yes. <laughs> American Dream. Louis uh, wrote an, an uh, extraordinary... Ama amaz amazing arrangement <laughs> Incredible by Louis song. over there in yeah. the band. Uh, let's show a little clip of what sure. you guys did. American Dream, you're so strong and tough. You got us through COVID, Ebola, and some other stuff. And there's all those other secret things which I cannot say. Like how you chased away the aliens and saved the USA. Oh, my goodness, the honor. honor was mine, sir. Yes. I had just gotten that melody out of my head about three days ago, and uh, <laughs> now it's back for you're forever, welcome. baby. Yeah. Okay, well, you're never going to get these melodies out of your head because you're back on Broadway. Yes. Uh, so in... Thank you. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street, you made your debut in 2016 yes. in... Uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Yes, thank you. So, okay, is being back on Broadway like riding a bike? <laughs> it's, um, you know, it, it definitely, you rely on muscle memory a lot. It's an amazing thing after touring and being in uh, various venues around the world to be like, to have a house that's your house and you're inviting people to your space yes. and your energy every night to continue to tell a, tell a story that you've, uh, for me, I've loved this show since I was very, very little. So, mm. Uh, to have the opportunity to give this show to people who've seen it 50 times. And then, you know, we have such an incredible cast with Annalie Ashford and uh, Gaten Matarazzo and Jordan Fisher. So we've got, like, lots of young fans for them in the audience mm -hmm. and who's never seen Sweeney Todd before. And you can hear the verbal clutching of pearls out there when they, when they hear <laughs> the twists and turns of this show. Like, I assume everybody's seen it and know what, what happens, but mm -hmm. you, we hear this... <gasps> and I go, I'm like... 
Yeah, good. They got it. They got it. Yeah, good, good. So it's a bit, a bit of a dark tale. I don't want to give yes. away, uh, you know, too much out there for the people who haven't seen it yet, who might want to clutch their pearls when they get there. Sure. Uh, have you lost your taste for meat pies yet? <laughs> I, um, you know, what's funny about our meat pies in this particular production is that. Um, I'm a pescatarian, and Annalie Ashford is gluten-free. So we have, we have, they've baked us specific, very L.A. meat pies for us with, like, vegan gluten-free flour. There's flour going all over the place. So, um, no, these, these, are, um, these, these, these pies are disgusting. Uh, <laughs> are, they, are they, like, that sounds dry. I don't it's, know why oh, that sounds dry to me. It's very dry. It's very crumbly. She sings, she gives me a pie in one of the scenes to eat, and she's singing about how disgusting the pie is, and it's method. It is disgusting. And I'm... <laughs> And I have to, the hardest part, there's a lot of hard things I have to do in the show, but the hardest part in the show is I have to take a bite of this disgusting, crumbly, flaky uh, pie, and I have to somehow get it, get it down, and then I have to sing this ballad called My Friends, this beautiful, like, soaring ballad to my razors um, with, just, with just flaky crumbs going all, just having a dance on my vocal cords. Not, not, yeah. a, not a spot of moisture in your not, mouth. Not a moisture. You spend so much time backstage warming up your voice, and then it's just like, nope, all goes to hell. Yep. Here you are together. There, there we you are. are. That's Josh the song. And Lee. That's the song right there, yeah. my friends. <laughs> you yeah. recently, you recently, this is a great photograph. You recently got together with uh, other Sweeney's. This was so fun. Sweeney's. Uh, this was a to blast. celebrate. It was for Sondheim's birthday, wasn't it? Um, well, it, you know what's strange is that we all had to put our schedules in, and the day that it lined up for us to all be available happened to land on Sondheim's birthday. And so that's me with the original Sweeney Todd Len Carriou, the wonderful Michael Cerveris, and the incredible Norm Lewis. Mm. And today, so talking talking to these fellows here, especially you know uh, Len. Is, yeah. is, is there anything they imparted about the demon barber to you that was, was useful to you in any way? Well, each one of them gave such a unique and incredible take on the role, and I think that that's the incredible thing about carrying the torch and, and holding on to it and keeping it lit until the next amazing produ- production of it. Um, uh, Michael Servers gave me some incredible advice, which is that, like, when, you, you know, I, I have a lot of blood on me at some point in the show, and certainly by the end of, of Bloody, I've killed, killed people, eaten people, don't, it's, it's fine. Spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> He's a demon barber. I mean, that's fine. Um, is, is to wash it off when you, before you go home. Like, in all the ways. Wash it off. Because it's a big role. It's a dark role. There's, um, there's a lot you're taking on to do it. I mean, and like, so, metaphorically, metaphorically wash it off. Wash so it don't off. go home and slit people's that's, throats. That's, you know what? <laughs> Some roles, it's okay to go back. And, I imagine going home after the music, man, was a delight. <laughs> we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Josh Groban. Everybody stick around. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Look at that. It's the star of Sweeney Todd on Broadway at the Lundfontein Theater, Josh Groban. Uh, After spending so much time with Sondheim's incredible words and music and, and... you know, sadly, we lost Stephen Sondheim uh, during COVID. Yes. 
Uh, is there anything you'd like to ask him? Sure. Any questions you have for him about this part or really just about his work? Sondheim loved seeing his work interpreted and done. I, I, there, he always had a, um, a light in his eye whenever he talked about a production somewhere that was going to do one of, his, one of his works. We felt very, very grateful that he knew that this was going to happen and he was excited that we were doing it. And he passed away, sadly, two days before our first music rehearsal um, about, a, you know, over a year ago now. Did you ever have a chance to perform his stuff in front of him? I did get to sing music for him, uh, yes. I mean, I was very lucky to have had, had um, a friendship with him and I got to sing for him. And, um, That's nerve-wracking. Oh, nerve-wracking. You know, I, I was very fortunate to ride on the coattails of the late, great Barbara Cook, who invited me. She knew I was a big fan of, of Sondheim's and invited me to sing with her at the Met here in New York. Mm -hmm. And um, we sang Move On together from Sunday in the Park with George. And, and Steve was out there, and, and I didn't know that he was, he was out there. And, and she said, oh, you know, you know Sondheim was out, was out there. And he said, he said it was really, 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 really beautiful. I'm like, what? Wow. He did? <laughs> and then I got invited to sing at a birthday concert for him at the Hollywood Bowl, and that's when I got that's when I got the hug. That's when I got the hug oh, and the call me Steve. That was a that was a big that was a big moment for in any young young person's life. It's a, you know getting to meet him was just like just the best. I, I want to ask you about this this right here. Oh yeah. So, oh, th this is this is a great photograph. This is you performing the Star Spangled Banner yeah. outside the Cape Canaveral. Is this the is it the very large assembly building? Is that, that is the, the huge. That is yes, the, the largest yeah. double doors I think in, in the world America or in the world. Yeah, yeah. outside um, Kennedy Space Center. What are yes. you doing there? Um, getting allergies. Uh, I, I'm just just standing in a field. Yeah. When uh, was it? when was it? This was. Uh, gosh, I mean, we we taped it. For the Artemis One launch, that was the was the one that that the went uncrewed, un, mission. uncrewed mission to the moon, and I'm a space nut. And st so when they me asked too. me if I would film uh, a national anthem and send it to them from home, I said, you know, if if I just happen to get a ticket to Florida, would you be okay setting up a microphone? And they're, yeah, come on by, we'll give you a tour of the building. Coolest day of my life. To be you able went to in the building. Oh, we went. I went in the building. I've been there, but I've never been. We in. went in, and they had the, the the rocket was in the building. And I don't know if you get this. Like when you, I get a weird feeling when I see large things where they where they shouldn't be. Like when I see a shipwreck <laughs> underwater. You know that weird feeling. You get too close to the Statue of Liberty. Like, ugh. Um, it's weird. <laughs> Seeing a space. I'm the only one. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Seeing that rocket in the hangar, mm. which is, I think, one of the tallest freestanding buildings in the world, um, was just was was remarkable. And then watching it, um, you know, they asked if I wanted to do it live on the day, and I'm glad I, we pre-taped it because yeah. they delayed it about eight times. Did but, you get um, to see a launch? Uh, I, I got I watched the launch on TV because they they wound up doing it at like two in the morning. Wouldn't but, you um, want to be there? Wouldn't you want to be there for a oh, launch though? That's my next on my bucket especially list. this one because yeah. these are the the big rockets, not the low Earth orbit stuff. This is to the moon. Absolutely. I hear you. You feel it in your chest. You you feel it. I got to before they put the rocket on the pad. I, I got to go take take a tour of what they call the the flame trench, which is where all the yeah where the fire goes. Um, not ominous. Yeah. Yes. And they're like, oh, would you yeah. like to see the flame trench? <laughs> would, you, would you like to see the flame trench, Mr. Groban? Mm -hmm. And the guy who's giving us the tour is like, oh yeah, we lose about a thousand birds every time we launch one of these guys. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I think he was kidding. Let's say he, he was kidding. Nobody survives the flame trench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We throw a lot of corn in there beforehand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I'm a pescatarian. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, what say when they launch uh, Artemis II, we go down there? I would love to. Let's sure. do it. Yeah, I'll give you a tour of the, the flame trench. <laughs> I'd be honored. Thank you. Josh, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives.
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card, wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.